Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra-wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Welcome to the 41st episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we lean into the tactical, practical, and spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. Uh, This week, we are picking right back up where we left off on episode 40 with Nathan Rickner. We were talking about the concept of partnering with the Holy Spirit, and uh, we, we started understanding a little bit more of not only partnering with the Holy Spirit to get what I want done, but also to have a relationship with Him and to be part of His bigger plan as well. So if you didn't listen to the previous episode, I'd recommend you uh, go back and pick that one up first here. But what we're going to start off with here is right where we left off last time, which is this trust acronym that Nathan uses when he looks at what his relationship with the Holy Spirit looks like and what his prayer life with Him looks like. So I hope this uh, will be a blessing to you and that you'll enjoy it as much as I certainly did. Sometimes I use this little acrostic. It's called trust. And so that stands for thank you, or I start and I just say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in me. Thank you that you're living inside of me. Mm -hmm. Thank you that you're here with me. Thank you for your gifts in my life that you activate. Thank you for the power you bring to my heart to love Jesus and to obey Jesus. Thank you for your work in my life, right? Then I go to the R, which I kind of use really two R's for that one. One is revelation, which is just a fancy word for spiritual understanding. And then rain. So I ask the Holy Spirit for revelation, for insight that comes from Ephesians 1.17. And then I ask him, I ask him to reign in me. So like my speech, I say, I want you to reign over my speech, the thoughts of my mind, the motives of my heart, my emotions today, my schedule, my finances and health, my relationships. Lord, I want you to reign over it. I want you to be the Lord over all of it. And then I go to the you, which is use me. So I, I invite the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I say, Lord, use me to heal the sick. Use me to free those that are demonized. Um, use, you know, my prayers to bring answers and breakthrough. Use me to bring the lost to you, all that kind of stuff. I ask him for his power, for his anointing. The S is strengthen me. And that's talking about, uh, Paul used this phrase a couple of times um, in Ephesians 3. He actually prays that the believers might be strengthened in their, it says some translations, their inner man, their inner being. Right. It's like your spirit being strengthened. And so I ask him, I say, Lord, strengthen me on the inside again to obey Jesus, to love Jesus. Strengthen me to withstand temptation. Um, you know, all the different ways that you might need strength spiritually on the inside. And then the last one is the T, teach me, because the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher. And so I say, Lord, teach me. And and really practically, um, because I know for many years I came to the Word and like, it just seems like an ocean that you can't understand. It seems to me more and more like that over the years, but you enjoy it more also. Um, and I say the greatest thing you can do is ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Be my teacher. Lord, I, I want to understand your word. Um, so teach me. Teach me like we're talking about today. You can ask him, teach me to partner with you. Yeah. Show me what that looks like, Holy Spirit. Because 
I, you and I can have this conversation. I can give a couple of tools. You know, we can share from the scriptures and from our hearts. But at the end of the day, if you and I and people listening want to learn how to partner with the Holy Spirit, they need to ask Him. They need to actually say to Him, "Teach me how to partner with You." One, one more thing. Good. Yeah. Also, I should mention the acrostic is not original with me. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. Well, knowing your dad, I've assumed it. Whether it's him or someone else, I assumed that there was. No, no, no. I, I got it from another pastor. Okay. So anyway, okay, keep going. Okay, yep. So <clears throat> where he has brought me in my relationship is I have, it started with the who are you? Yeah. And then it went to emergency yeah. situations. Oh, I should probably try to partner with the Holy Spirit here. I should, I should tap into the Holy Spirit's power source to help me with this situation. Then it turned to, I want to, um, as I'm looking to make decisions and let's talk about business or, but you know, where to live or any of these other bigger decisions yeah. Then I'm saying, all right, Holy spirit, I want to, you know, what do you want? And it, my, my heart is of submission of your will, your will, not mine. Um, so I, I go there with you, help me to help me to hear from you and take this where you want it to go. Yeah. Um, rarely when I do that, do I ever hear something? But so I go back to the idea of let the, let the piece of your heart guide you. I think is what it says, you know, that that guide is like umpire. And so yeah. the piece of heart rule you maybe. Is, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, so I go there and, and, and seek that piece. And often I have peace that leads to one way. Um, and I, I go with that, but I also have found that in this, kind of immature state of this relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's so, it's so, I cut it short so much that when I'm saying, you know, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say, you know, what do you want here? I might spend a handful of minutes in quiet time, maybe even go so far as to spend like 20 minutes in quiet time. Yeah. Maybe ask him again Mm -hmm. two more times, but like, I don't give him the, the, the time to do this. And I think like, well, you know, maybe he probably spoke to me and it'll, it'll come to me later. Yeah. I was just reading in second Samuel where David, you know, after, after his son died, the son that he had with Bathsheba, that uh, maybe it doesn't say something, it's just child. But after the child dies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he just goes and fasts and basically lays on his face for seven yeah. days. And, yeah. and I don't give the Holy spirit that much time. There because I stay too busy with my own yep. centered objectives. Yep. And so part of, I want to, I'm going to come back to the tongues of this, but I guess maybe open that up to you for another sidebar here. When you're asking the Holy Spirit for help with a decision. Hmm. And so sometimes it will, you know, I'll bring in tongues with that too, but, but when you're parting with the Holy Spirit, asking him for help with the decision, what does it, what does your waiting look like? What does it look like there? If you're, Hmm. if you're, um, if you don't get some, Quick answer. Wow. Wow. I mean, that can be, dude, that can be all kinds of things. And, 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 I, and I get that. So I really want to more so understand, get into your head of how do you handle? How do, how do I handle if I was asking the Lord for help with a decision mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I'm hearing anything? Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously it depends on the decision. Some, most decisions, like there's a number I'm praying about right now, um, but they're not pressing. 
Like I, I've got time. Okay. So I will spend time talking to the Lord. I, I'll pray out of Isaiah 11, ask him for the spirit, capital S again, Holy Spirit, a wisdom and counsel understanding, right? I say, Lord, counsel me, give me wisdom, give me insight, give me understanding what the best thing is to do here. Help me, Lord. Um, and yeah, I, I don't often hear, uh, you know, right away immediately, but if I have time, I'll continue to pray on it. I'll continue to seek the Lord about it. Um, sometimes I've found over time, my heart becomes just more settled in one course of action. Okay. But again, that's if I have time. Sure. You don't always have the luxury of time. Right. And so, you know, I, I say for me, I throw myself upon the Lord as best as I can. And if I'm not hearing anything, another great thing is, hey, a lot of times the Holy Spirit loves to speak to us through other people. And so I may take that decision to, you know, a wise, trusted man of God who I have relationship with, mm-hmm. not just somebody on the street, go to that person and I talk it through with them and I ask them for their insight. I ask them for help. Yeah. Like, tell me what's wise, what's unwise, help me out here. I find a lot of times the Holy Spirit brings me the help that I need through other people because he's not interested in us being islands to ourselves. He always, you know, pushes us back towards relationship with other people. So that's a big thing. And then um, other times it might be a scripture. I mean, sometimes we're asking about the Holy Spirit for a decision on something when he's already laid out clearly the answer in scripture. (laughs) And we're just either ignorant of it, we've forgotten, uh, you know. And so he's kind of like, you know, I see him as like, he's silent. He's like, hey, why don't you crack that thing open? You remember what I said, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, the, and then sometimes too, there can just be, you think about the um, spiritual warfare, there can be demonic interference, um, you know, the enemy trying to cloud what I'm hearing. Um, or two, there's interference in my own heart. Sure. If I haven't been, you know, consistently, you know, just with the Lord, my spirit's kind of like dull and foggy. I'm not hearing as readily or as clearly. And maybe you've got a lot of emotions around the decision. And that doesn't always help either. Right. And so I just, for me personally, I know that there's a lot going into decisions. And yet I also know if I throw myself upon the Lord as much as possible, I walk in that Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 of lean not on my own understanding in all my ways, I acknowledge him, right? I submit my ways to him. Then he will make my path straight. And so I trust that as I take the step of leaning on him, reaching out to him, trusting in him, talking to him about it, opening my life to others that he might want to speak through to me. I trust that even if I don't have a very clear word in my spirit immediately, he's going to lead me. I, I almost think the biblical emphasis is more on us inquiring of God 
asking of him, talking to him, and then trusting him to lead us and show us. Um, we, we want the clear, immediate word every single time. And God's like, I want you to come to me every time, regardless of the results. Right. And I want you to trust me every single time, regardless of the results. So the, the last stage of this where I'm at in my depth is, is been asking the Holy Spirit to help me to grow with them. So it started with, you know, the emergency and then, you know, a little bit more of help with these decisions, but help me to have a relationship with you. And I just want you to know that the clarity that you're bringing me today on that is an answered prayer. So awesome. Again, awesome. If, if this is helpful to anyone else listening, fantastic. Awesome. But for me, this is, this is absolutely an answered prayer. Look, look, I, let me just say again, that this, that if that's true, then this right here is a living model of what we just talked about. Yes. That you help bring me clarity and wisdom and strength, and I do that for you. It's it's this vice versa, kind of like we've been so cut off from each other, so cut off from vulnerable, real relationships in the body around the Word of God and around a life of prayer that... Like we don't even know how to do it anymore. Right. And we think that we ought to just get everything done by ourselves. That's the American message, right? Of independence, self-reliance. And don't forget immediate. Yeah, and immediate. But <laughs> but again, if we go back to Jesus, Jesus said, I can do nothing apart from the Father. Right. And you're going, what kind of humility is in Jesus, what kind of dependence is in him that he would not move a muscle apart from the direction of his father. Right. And I go, we've, we've lost that kind of dependence, not just on God, but upon each other. We've lost that. Yeah. And I, I feel like, man, if we got back to that again, if men got back to that, we'd be so much healthier for it. All right, so we just had to reset the cameras here, and and while we we're doing that, Nathan uh, was just talking about how he's really loving just the conversations, and and for me, um, it feels like to have the resource that, that you are um, is is so incredible for me because I can then I can share the just stuff that I'm going through spiritually, where where I'm at with my challenges, yeah. assuming that I'm not the only one. And right, so right, right, have, right. Have you as a resource here and to have these conversations is so impactful. Again, man, it goes both ways. It really does. Awesome. Um, all right. I want to go back to speaking in tongues. Okay. Let's, let's go there. <laughs> so for, for the rest of this episode here, that's where we're going to go is, is into tongues. Um, obviously, you're going to have a, you're going to have a range of listeners here. Some of them, and you, you, you mentioned this from the beginning, you know, you might think I'm weird. And, and the reality is, if people yeah, they can, if they want to, if people don't think you're weird, I don't mean this to you. I'm talking to yeah, the yeah. listener, to someone observes. If people don't think you're weird, you're probably not doing what the Bible says. Because <laughs> the Bible, the Bible is so far That's out good. there from yeah. from what our version of yeah. normal reality is. That yes, it is. That if you're not being extremely different than right. uh, than the the cultural mandate, you're probably missing God. Yes. Um, so let's talk about tongues. Let's break down a little bit of what what it means to someone who doesn't understand that at all. 
And then let's go into a little bit more of, of what do you think is happening inside of you when you do that? Um, and and I, I've got a couple more questions for you. Okay. So, so, what, what, so without you moving <laughs> to deep tongues right now, but what, yeah. what when it says it's an utterance, you know, what, what was it talking about? Yeah. So I opened up my Bible here. Um, cause first Corinthians 14, if you, if you want to, you know, just go look at one of the most kind of condensed passages on tongues. It's right there in, in first Corinthians 14, really you read 12 to 14. Um, but, Paul, Apostle Paul talking, okay, like one of the sharpest theological minds that ever walked the planet, gave us almost our entire New Testament. He said, um, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. Okay. So 14.2 says, one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. (laughs) So, so that right there is enough to help us understand. Like, there's yeah, two my, great things. Right my there. speech, while it did happen in the apostle there, was speaking someone else's language. My speech does not have to be some some African tribal language in there for it to be tongues. Yeah, I'm speaking to God, not to man. Yes, and you don't understand. That's what he says. He says no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the spirit, capital S. Because again, the Holy Spirit's the one who gives us the gift of tongues. Yeah. So when you are praying in tongues, you are speaking to God, you're uttering mysteries in the Spirit, and you are building yourself up. So that, and I just want to kind of give you a little cross reference here um, because Jude, the book of Jude, that tiny one page book right before Revelation, he says, but you, beloved, speaking to all the believers, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. So he is basically a command. Like he's saying like, hey, y'all should be doing this. Y'all should be building yourselves up in your faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, which is not just a reference to tongues, but it certainly includes that. And that's what Paul said tongues does. So to the church... Uh, who was afraid to, to the church as a whole, American church is afraid to say like, tongues is something you should be doing. So, so let's, let's look at the state of the American church. Yeah. Look at the state of our spirituality. It's not strong. It's weak. It's not alive. It's dead. Right. It's not um, conviction. It's compromise. Right. I go, I would say what the American church needs more of is tongues. Right. Okay, look, this is not the only thing we need more of. We need a lot more of many things. (laughs) But certainly when we find a faith that's not vibrant um, and we find that our spirit is weak and dull, Mm -hmm. tongues is one of the things that will help that because it builds us up. So I want to hit that. So. Coming from a, you know, basically a dead faith and not having, you know, the, the background of theology and understanding that, that a lot of people have, um, when the, the idea of tongues is going to build me up on my most holy faith came to me. And as I got into this, it basically, I felt it to be true because it was like, yes, yeah. yep. I'm speaking what I think is pure gibberish. 
<laughs> right. And right. And when it went from being this is so weird to I feel like I am connecting with the Holy Spirit, it totally I mean, yeah. just you know my testimony yeah. it, it built me up on my most yeah. holy faith yeah. in a way that I didn't even know I had yeah. that kind of holy faith. Yeah. Because I could do that and no longer feel like I'm nuts uh-huh. and feel like no, I'm connecting. Uh huh. Me practically, um, when I've prayed in tongues for a, a good long stretch, um, again, I, I don't know how to explain it, but that my spirit feels sharper and feels more alive. Um, I feel, uh, and, and it's not just feeling either, because actually, a lot of times as I'm praying in tongues, scriptures begin to pop into my mind and I find myself praying scriptures. I've gotten some of the greatest burdens I've ever gotten in prayer before. I've come out of times of praying in tongues, extended times of praying in tongues. Um, But again, because I'm sure there are people all over the map on this right now, I want to bring us back to um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, again, not Paul's not an empty head. He's not just some, you know, crazy Pentecostal out there who, you know, has no orthodox theology to them. He's one of the deepest theological minds out there. And he says to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's the Apostle Paul who gave us the New Testament. And I go, man, can can we clue in and listen that the Apostle Paul just gave us a door, a window into his prayer life? The Apostle Paul, who discipled so many of those early nations and took the gospel into new places, the man who was beaten and shipwrecked for his faith time and time again, the man who gave us most of the New Testament, he said, guess what? You want to know what I do most of the time in prayer? I'm praying in tongues. And he's, he's, he's so confident of it. He says, I pray in tongues more than all of y'all, more than everybody in that church. Right. Like that's that's how uh, precious of a gift it was to him. And so I go, man, if I'm listening to what God is trying to tell me through Paul here in 1 Corinthians 14, I ought to take that word seriously and go, okay, Lord, whatever measure of praying in tongues I do right now, let's try and up it, (laughs) you know, even by a couple minutes, because that was what Paul said. And that's, that's pretty sobering. So I know, I know that when you, um, that will, will, you know, the, the teachings that you guys have help people who are trying to get into tongues for the first time, trying to understand that. Yeah. And we don't need to go into that now. So I want to ask you a couple more questions, but where would you point someone to, to under to try to to try to start taking in yeah, yeah. the concept of tongues because yeah. when I started it was and and I this is not how you teach it I haven't listened to you teach it, but I've heard other people talk about how you teach it I started by just putting to, putting together syllables of just just gibberish so it's literally like it was just gibberish mixed together that eventually formed into something that didn't seem quite so awkward yeah and that is not the right way to do it I would I would say <laughs> so how would you actually give guidance because it's just the church doesn't. Rare, most churches don't don't prescribe this. Most churches don't teach on. So, how do you help someone here who's listening that doesn't have those resources? Yeah. Uh, well, 
for one. I just say I I get that um, the mind is a big stumbling block when it comes to tongues because people don't understand. They don't understand it scripturally. They just had one bad experience. Maybe, you know, somebody used it around them and they're kind of like, whoa, what the heck is that? They kind of got scared a little bit. Like, I, I get that. That's real. And so, and I, and I would say this is true for my own journey as well, that when I read just some, some good teaching, like just biblical exegetical, like take me verse by verse through the scriptures and talk to me about this, yeah. answer my questions. Um, that was a huge help in seeking this gift and in coming to love it. Um, so the two books for me, uh, one would be Jack Hayford. The Beauty of Spiritual Language, I believe is what it's called. He's now passed, but he was a just a great, great man of God. Um, and he had his PhD, if I recall correctly. Again, not an empty head. Uh, and then the second one, uh, Sam Storms, uh, The Language of Heaven. And that one is way more comprehensive. That one is like, <laughs> that's you want to talk about chewing on some meat. Yeah. That's a thick book to get through. Not, not thick as in tons of pages, but thick that it's like, Ooh, he really dives into almost every question you could ask about tongues. And he, and he does a great job going through the word on it. Um, so those for people who are just like, they're just stuck in their heads thinking about it. But after that, like, I believe, you know, I, I look at that scripture in again, the sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Yeah. Um, and actually, in the parallel passage in Luke 11, he gives us a wonderful promise. He says, um, "He says, if you, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask?" Yeah. And so, I just say to people listening, if they already desire that gift. Um, ask him and persist in asking him for it. And then though I would not prescribe to what you shared about like, I, I, you don't gotta, you know, all these weird things about like say banana backwards 10 times or something like, no, 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 you don't. That's silly stuff. Um, ask God for it. But then yes, know that at some point, like you will have to choose to open your mouth just like you and I have to choose to begin praying and talking to God, tongues is the same way. There are cases where somebody just gets overwhelmed by God, kind of like taken over, quote unquote. Yeah. But don't think that that's the normative experience for tongues. You will have to, at some point, choose to open your mouth and speak and, and let the Holy Spirit control your tongue. Okay. that's good yeah because I, I mean i i asked but then i just proceeded to impatiently go manufacture it myself mm. which well it, it's par for the course that happens but, but, uh, <laughs> yeah there's a better way uh so uh, all right so back to the the, the theme here of uh, partnering with the holy spirit and bringing tongues into this when you partner with the holy spirit and obviously the, the point behind it and you have already helped revolutionize this for me that the concept shouldn't be partnering with the holy spirit because that's all about back to back to what i told you you know he he revealed to me the other night is it's all about me getting what i want yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. so it needs to be 
partnering with the Holy Spirit needs to be dropped. And it really needs to focus in on, on a relation with the Holy Spirit, communion well, with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, well, and let me say this, though. It, I don't know if we want to drop it entirely. Because it, it's sure. still... We, we have things to do in this world, so fair point. And, and, and the Lord is looking for partners. Okay. So again, um, he wants us operating with him. But we just got to get it clear that it's not the earthly idea of partnership where we're equals, right? He's the Lord. He's the master. We're the servants. He's the father. We're the children, right? There's this differentiation. Um, so he still wants to partner with us. Like he wants to partner with you in your finances, right? People listening, he wants to partner with you, but it's not you coming to him and saying, Hey, can you help me out with my own selfish ambition and my own goals and dreams? Rather, it's us coming to him and saying, what are your goals and dreams yeah. for me, my life, my finances? And can you show me? And, and Lord, I exist to do your bidding. Right? I'll, I'll just say yes to how you direct me. That's the kind of partnership. He wants partnership, but it's it's got to be the right kind okay. of partnership. So, so anyways. So, no, well, that's good. So then to, to close up here. So if you have something that you are praying for, you know, something you know, was a thing like prayer tower thing you know, that you're working on here. And as you're, because you're seeking guidance, you're wanting answers, but as you're praying in tongues, mm-hmm. are you think, do you think about that? And are you thinking about that specific thing and then speaking in tongues about it? Or do you just... Sometimes you just speak in tongues and just drop all of the cares. Sometimes. Okay. Um, I will often, you know, Paul again in first Corinthians 14, um, he says, I will pray with my spirit, which is a reference to tongues. And I will pray with my mind. I will sing praise with my spirit and I will sing praise with my mind also. Um, so for me, oftentimes I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm praying in in the spirit. I'm praying with my mind, okay. you know, in English with yeah. my understanding. Right. Um, so I'll go back and forth. If I'm praying for somebody, I might pray for them a little bit in English. I might pray for them a little bit in tongues. I might do a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, but what I've had to do to like lean into that gift a little bit more is pray for an extended period of time, just in tongues as, as best I can. Okay. Now I'll still have a little bit of kind of, you know, interspersed with a scripture prayer or whatever. Um, but I'm like, I, I want to just lean in here and just like, Holy Spirit, your prayers are better than mine. <laughs> so I'm going to let you pray yeah. for however long. And, and then I'll, I'll pray with my understanding. Um, when I'm doing that, I found it very helpful. Again, this is not original with me. I learned it from others who are much farther along than I am. Um, I found it helpful that sometimes my mind does need a place to go, right? Because yeah. when I'm praying in tongues, my mind's not, it's like, I, it's, you can't just let it be blank. That's kind of hard to do. Right. Um, so I will actually kind of meditate on Revelation 4, which okay. is the throne in heaven, right? Yep. And since we're speaking to God, it's a great thing to be thinking about him. <laughs> um, because so... When I'm praying in tongues, I'm picturing the throne. I might even be reading through Revelation 4 and trying to imagine like there's 
says there's living creatures flying around the throne. There's thunder and lightning. There's a sea of glass. There's elders around the throne. They're throwing crowns at his feet saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I never cease to say that. You just imagine light, rainbows and colors and all that kind of stuff that Revelation 4 talks about. It's just just brilliant scene. Yeah. And you, and then you think, how big is the throne of God, right? <laughs> like, so your, your mind is fixed on this while I'm praying in tongues and I'm thinking, man, this is, this is the one I'm praying to, right? So I let my mind kind of sit there in Revelation 4. And then again, like I said, oftentimes, you know, you get past the 15 minute mark and then scriptures might come flying into my, my mind and I might start praying those, but. Um, but yeah, that's good. On that note, we are going to wrap this one up. (laughs) This is so good. And, uh, thank you. Thank you here to the listeners. I hope you lean into this. I hope you, um, if you've got questions on that, that you want addressed here, uh, please feel free. Obviously I'm just sharing from my experience where I'm at and and hoping that it's fruitful to others. Um, this this concept of the Holy spirit, it's been a journey for me thus far and it's a beautiful journey and and it's challenging and the more i'm willing i am to be challenged the more he will readily meet yeah. that yeah. meet that invitation um but it's always it's deeper and it's better on the other side every single time yeah. so yeah. brother thank you you're welcome man all right thank you if you join us next week uh, we are going to lean into one more with pastor nathan here as we talk about fasting so uh, if you will to be challenged again, come on. After one more week. <laughs> All right. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And together, we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well.